The following is a presentation of Remnant. Hi, this is Jerry from Remnant. Let's be honest, this life can be hectic, draining, and downright confusing. My hope is that by listening to this message, your life can be impacted by God's great love for you. And His love will give you wisdom, courage, and strength. Thanks for listening. You're listening to a message from Pastor Jerry Godsey. So the title of today's message is Taking Christ Out of Christmas. And I'm sure that if some people look at it, they say, oh, Jerry's going to hit the media hard. He's going to go after all those people that say happy holidays, and he's really going to go. You don't know me very well if you believe that. In fact, I'm going to pray, and then I want to read you one of my columns. One of my, I call it a Christmas rant. When I was still writing for the Ivy Press, I would write a Christmas rant every year. And I think this one will tell you where I'm headed. But let's pray. God, thanks. I pray that you'll uh, open our hearts today, Father. Lord, we need to understand what what we're doing this year for Christmas, God. Bless us. Keep our hearts open to hear from you today, God. And I pray that my words would be your words. Thanks, Father. Amen. On July 5th, super mega low crazy deal mart began putting up the decorations and ads for their pre-pre-pre-Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa generic holiday sale. You could save a whopping 10 cents on the always needed Dr. Toothy's flossing picks. In September, the sale started in earnest. Super super mega low crazy deal mart kicked off their pre-pre-pre-Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa generic holiday sale with a sale of all kinds of holiday-related merchandise. Look, you can save $2 on an authentic pre-wired tinfoil Christmas tree that lights up and plays an electronic version of Jingle Bells or What Child Is This? It's kind of hard to tell. Then Thanksgiving rolled around, and super mega low crazy deal mark got serious. They started their Black Friday sales on the Monday before, the Monday before Thanksgiving. Everywhere you look, you can find banners that say, Happy Holidays. And under each of these banners, you will find a disgruntled Christian with a frown on, their face, say, frown on their face saying, It's Merry Christmas, you atheistic Christmas hater. Jesus is the reason for the season. It may not be that bad, but it's close. If you've read any of my Christmas rants, you know that Christmas time drives me crazy. It really does. My mom's singing Christmas tree that she had one year drove me nuts. I don't like snow. Elves scare the crud out of me, and eggnog is an affront to anybody with taste buds. In fact, the only thing I like about Christmas is those little licorice-flavored Pfeffernus cookies. I love those things, and you can only get them at Christmas time. Oh, and butter cookies in those round tins that I store nails and screws in for the rest of the year. I may also be the only person in the world that truly likes fruitcake. It's going to get worse, trust me. What has driven me crazy about Christmas lately is the Christians who are so adamant that people say Merry Christmas instead of Happy Holidays are the equivalent. I was in a Starbucks last year. This is a true story. I was in a Starbucks last year, and I overheard the following. The Starbucks barista said, here's your latte, Happy Holidays. And the disgruntled Christian lady said, it's not Happy Holidays, it's Merry Christmas. Jesus is my Christmas. 
Starbucks employee dropped to her knees and cried out, Lord, forgive me, I'm a sinner. She became a Christian right there. Went on to be a missionary to Zimbabwe. All right, the last part didn't really happen. What really happened is the poor kid from Starbucks shook her head and helped the next, hopefully less rude customer. What do you think the Starbucks kid felt about Christmas at that moment? Was it a positive, life-changing moment? Or was it a, what the heck is wrong with these people moment? I can tell you how I felt. I was embarrassed to be called a Christian. When I picked up my coffee, I gave the kid an extra tip and told her, I'm sorry that happened. Not all Christians are idiots. By the way, when this column came out, I lost a couple of subscribers on it. Here's what I know for a fact. Not one person has come to Christ because a Christian corrected them about happy holidays. Hey, Christians, this year, let's try something new. Let's act like Jesus would have. Let's show love to people instead of disdain for them. Let's have actual acts of mercy and compassion instead of judgment. I understand that people think we've forgotten the meaning of Christmas. Of course, Christmas is about Jesus. Everybody, even the happy holidays folks know that. Sure, some people are trying to drown out the message of Christ's birth. I get that. I'm just asking that we honor Christ's birth by trying to be like him. Let's show that Jesus is the reason for the season by loving him and the people around us he loves. And yes, Jesus loves the happy holidays people too. If Christians are called to be like Christ, shouldn't we be the reason for the season? I guarantee you that when you show Jesus' love to others, they will understand what Christmas is all about. Still hating eggnog, but loving people. Jerry. Get your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 1. I was going to tell you where I'm headed with this. Look, and, and please, please, do not, if you love me at all, if you care about me at all, do not be one of the, it's, it's not happy holidays, it's Merry Christmas. You don't show Christ by doing that. You don't. This kid at Starbucks is making 15 bucks an hour, minimum wage. He doesn't have a choice of whether to say Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays. He has to say that. And so you getting on him, what are you showing? Just that Christians are intolerant. Look, the world is full of intolerance. We don't have to be part of it. Now that I've made most of you mad. Oops. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. By the way, uh, we're in Luke chapter 1. I think I told whoever said that or not. Now he, we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He's been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. This is talking about John the Baptist. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins because of God's tender mercy. The morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. There's a myth going around that says that there are more suicides during the holiday season than any other time of the year. According to a study by Mayo Clinic, that's not necessarily true. It's just not. Now, there are people who get depressed. Mayo Clinic did a a 35-year-long study and found no increase in suicides between the period between Thanksgiving and New Year's Day. 
At least it wasn't Jingle Bells. I hate that song. There's so much about Christmas I don't like. I love, I love Christmas. I love Jesus' birth. I just, I just I don't like the other stuff. So anyway, Jesus' birth and fruit cake. Yeah, and the little Pfeffernus cookies. Those things are awesome. Some of you are not right. You need Jesus. You don't like those cookies. You need Jesus. Anyway, they, they did come up with a term called the holiday blues. The blues. People get upset. People get depressed. They do. Um, this is the first year that my mother-in-law has, has faced Christmas without either one of her sons. Uh, her brother Gary, I mean, her son Gary died a couple of years ago, and then her son Chris died this past year. So Lynette's there with, with her family. And uh, it's tough. It's tough for her mom. Both of her boys are gone. It gets depressing. It, it hurts. It, it, it weighs on you. So we get problems. We get emotions. They all crop up during this time of year. We get the blues sometimes. Everybody gets a little depressed sometimes. You didn't get the Tickle Me Elmo that you really wanted to buy your child. Remember Tickle Me Elmo? I saw a fist fight in a Target between two little ladies. Well, they were women. I don't know if they were ladies, but they were women. And they were duking it out over a Tickle Me Elmo. It was kind of fun to watch. I won't lie. So before we go any further, let's kind of talk about what causes, what causes the blues. Hit the wrong thing. What causes the blues? First of all, unrealistic expectations. Because it's Christmas time, we want everything to be perfect. I love the, I love the, the movie Christmas Vacation. With, uh, with Chevy Chase. And he, he goes through all the stuff, putting in the lights, and it just doesn't work. And he stands there, and he's just so frustrated. He's like, Grr. and his wife says, you try too hard. You want everything to be perfect, and nothing's perfect. We have these unrealistic expectations. I, I do, part of my podcast last week, I, I, on Thanksgiving, I talked about being thankful for cheese. The, my mom had this great idea, she thought, at Thanksgiving, and she passed around a candle to everybody. And you're supposed to say what you're thankful for. Well, I'm on the wrong side of the room, and everybody had said everything they were thankful for. You know, they took all the good stuff. There was nothing left by the time it got to me, so I just said, well, I'm, I'm thankful for cheese. That was not part of my mom's expectation for that. She did, well, and I don't know what she was expecting. She invited me, so she had to know something bad was going to happen. I was part of it. And then, just about the time I was out of trouble, my son Critter said the same thing. I'm thankful for cheese, too. Stupid kid. <laughs> Look, nobody has the leave it to be real life. We've all got stuff. We, let's be honest. We've got an uncle we're not crazy about. And if you don't have an uncle that you're not crazy about, it might be you. You might be the one everybody else is not crazy about. And we get these unrealistic expectations. Oh, everybody's going to be perfect at Christmas or Thanksgiving, and they're not. Somebody's going to say something about the president, or somebody's going to say something about... Don't have unrealistic expectations. Financial pressure. Each year we want to give the kids their best Christmas ever. 
Well, you may give them the best Christmas ever and then spend the rest of the year paying it off. That doesn't make any sense. Because now you can't afford to do stuff the rest of the year because you're paying off Christmas. You know what? I got to be honest with you. If I had it to do over again, I would go back when my kids were little and I wouldn't buy them gifts. I would just buy them boxes. That's what they're going to play with anyway. They're going to play with the box the stuff came in. We spend money on travel. We spend more money on food and all this stuff. Busy schedule. Even sedentary people, people that don't get out of the house but once or twice a month, have a packed calendar during December. There's the Christmas office party, and there's, there's the, 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 the party with your mom and, and then with your dad. My family, my dad and mom were split up, so I had to think about Christmas with my dad, and then Christmas at my mom's house. Then I got married, and I had Christmas at my mom's house, maybe Christmas at my dad's house, and then Christmas at her mom's house. And it, all of them were like a two-hour drive away. Okay, I don't like traffic on the best of days, but on a holiday, it's, the traffic is even worse. And I just drive and I plot the deaths of all the people in the freeway next to me. And I think about taking a hostage as I'm driving because not, not good in traffic. We get so busy, we don't take time to enjoy Christmas. It's crazy. Family conflict. Oof. Some of you are going to see people during this holiday season that you'll see only during the holiday reason for a very good reason. You don't get along with them. I said during Thanksgiving that Thanksgiving is the one time a year we get together when we realize why we don't get together more times a year. Conflicts in relationships that go back years and every year it seems like those wounds are reopened. Look at this quote. One young father told me this in one of my churches. The part about Christmas I dread the most is having to visit my parents. We have to travel 500 miles to see them and endure three days of criticism about every detail of our lives, from the way we raise our children to the kind of church we attend. But if we ever decided not to go home for the holidays, we would never hear the end of it. My mom, my mom is a ninja at guilting people. She's just good at it. Every year, are you coming to Christmas? No, I don't know, Mom. It's a long drive. Okay, but this might be Grandma's last Christmas. She told me that one day. Finally, I said, you know what, Mom? One of these days, you're going to be right. It will be Grandma's last Christmas. And you'll, then what? What will you guilt me with? Now, Grandma has gone to be with my Grandpa and Jesus in heaven. So I don't even get that anymore. Well, now now, now it could be. Well, it's, it could be my last Christmas. Okay, eventually you're going to be right. Never cheese, yeah. By the way, she has never done that candle thing ever since. So I don't know. She hasn't done it with me present anyway. So I don't know if she just learned a lesson about having me around when she does it or if she just doesn't do it anymore at all. I don't care as long as I don't have to do it. I'm thankful for my family. No, you're not. You lie. Look, Christmas should be a time of joy. It should be a time of celebration, not a time of drudgery. Not a time of fighting with the people at the mall. By the way, anybody ever been to the Ontario Mills Mall in Ontario? 
Oh, my goodness. I went on Black Friday once. Me and like a million and a half of my closest friends. True story. We're walking, and I saw a, a place just right across that I wanted to get to. I could not get to it because the crowd was just moving. You're just like a lemming. You're just along with the ride at that point. And I told my brother-in-law, I told my brother-in-law, let's make a, wrap, uh, make a lap around. And we'll, we'll work our way to the other side. It's like merging on the freeway. You've got to plan ahead. You know, before you get, before you get to Bed Bath & Beyond, you've got to merge back here at Hot Dog on a Stick so you've got time. Romans 12.2, Paul said, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. We're going to look at some ways to beat the holiday blues. We're going to look at some ways, and I call this taking Christ out of Christmas because when we get caught up in all this other stuff, we're the ones taking Christ out of Christmas. If there's a war on Christmas, we started it. Hello? We started it. Because we're the ones who fell into the way the world thinks. Us. Christians, the ones who should be holding tight to who Christ is and remembering and and celebrating the right way, we fell into the the trap of doing things the way the world does them. So yeah, we're going to talk about taking Christ out of Christmas, but it's aimed at you and me, not at the world. Make sense? Like I said, if you thought I was going to be like a Fox News report today, the war on Christmas, you don't know me very well. The passage you read from Luke chapter 1, this is the song that Zechariah sang when his son John the Baptist was born. The song isn't as much about John the Baptist, although it is, but it's also about Christ and the forerunner that John the Baptist would be. So let's, let's talk about some ways that we can fix Christmas, okay? Put Christ back into it. First of all, rethink your expectations. People who struggle with disappointment during Christmas often approach the holidays with the wrong kind of focus. They put too much energy into trying to make it a perfect Christmas for themselves. They build up all these ideas about how they want things to be and how they want everyone to act, what they want everyone to do, and on and on and on and on. Here, let's pass around a candle and say what you're thankful for. Trust me, that was not for me. My mom did that because she thought it would be fun. She said a very warped idea of fun. And when we, when we think this way, not only do we end up disappointed, everyone around him ends up exhausted. It's hard when somebody's putting all this pressure on you to, to, have you enjoyed Christmas? Have you enjoyed it? Did you see the gift I got your mom? Didn't you like that? Wasn't that great? Did you like the turkey? Was the turkey good? It was, it was turkey. It's, it's all right. Yeah. Did you try some yams? Did you try the, the, the cranberry? I don't like cranberry stuff. Oh, no, no, you got to try it. This is good. That's my mom. This is good. Mom, I've had it before. I don't like it. No, no, it's different now. Try it. No. This is the same woman who took the milk carton out of the refrigerator when I was a kid and said, this milk, tastes, this milk smells bad. Taste it. No. If it smells bad, that's, that's good. I don't need to go any further. I don't need to prove it. 
Give yourself and everyone else a break and expect less this year. Don't expect perfection out of yourself, your kids, your siblings, your parents, the Christmas turkey or the bicycle you can't assemble correctly. The words that every man in the world hates. Some assembly required. (laughs) I'm going to cuss. Remember, your family is not Leave it to Beaver. You're not Martha Stewart. It's a good thing. No, it's not. Just stop. Just stop. Look, the turkey may be a little dry. Kids are going to fight. Some little brat, I mean some little child in your house is going to open a gift and say, I didn't want this. then you're not going to get whatever else is under the tree for you. Come on. Begin to rethink your expectations about this holiday season. Instead of asking yourself, what will Christmas be like for me? Ask yourself, what will I be like this Christmas? When there's a huge distinction, right? Not what am I going to get out of it, but what am I going to be to the people that are around me? Approach the season with a different attitude. Think about what we can give, not what we can get. That's what we teach our kids, isn't it? It's better to give than receive. Eh, maybe. But I really want that bike. I'll, I'll give my brother socks, but I really want a bike. Approach Christmas with the attitude of a servant and see each event as an opportunity for ministry. Look at Luke one seventy seven, you will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins because of God's tender mercy. I love that. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. Our job as Christians this year, as, as, at Christmas time, should be to guide people to God's peace. And you can't do that if you're stressing over the turkey. Imagine the kind of Christmas everyone around you would have if you decided to approach Christmas with the kind of attitude that says, Christmas doesn't have to be perfect for me this year. I just want to spread love and joy to everyone else. And I know that sounds like, yeah, I don't want anything for Christmas. I just want everybody to be happy. You know what? If you say with attitude, yeah. If you're not, if you're not real about it, yeah. But how about from our hearts? saying, it really doesn't have to be perfect for me this year. I want everybody to feel the joy of Christ's birth. It's good stuff. I do too, but that's not the point right now. Rethink your obligations. This time of year, it's easy to get very, very busy. And then that's all the stuff you have to do And your schedule spins in circles till you finally realize there's no way you can do it all. Save yourself some trouble. All right? Right now. Purpose in your heart. Remind yourself, I can't do it all. I can't do everything I want to do or everything that everyone wants me to do or everything that I feel like I should do. I have to rethink my schedule and make sure I do things that are the most important. So what is really important? 
And look, there's stuff that we want to do. That's great. But if the things that you want to do and the things that you have to do start stressing you out to the point that you don't enjoy any of them, what good are they? Let's rethink our schedule. Let's rethink what we're doing. I'm challenging you to rethink your obligations. All those things you think you have to do in order to make this a perfect Christmas. Maybe some of them aren't really important. I've worked in churches where we really needed to have like a Dr. Kevorkian come into our church schedule and do a mercy killing on some of them. I, I made the mistake. I was, I was youth pastor in El Cajon. The pastor asked me to look at all the programs and find out. So I went to the, the, the ladies in the church, the WMs, women's ministry, and they made quilts. Okay? And I asked them the question that I ask everything, including my youth ministry. I asked the same question. Why, do, why does your ministry exist? What do you do, and why should the church give money to support it? Youth ministry went fine. I was the one that did it. I went to the men, and that was fine. Went to the ladies, and evidently, I slapped Jesus at some point I wasn't aware of because, <laughs> and these little, old, sweet ladies turned into voracious monsters right in front of me with angry eyes and the whole nine yards. We make quilts for the missionaries. Okay, that's all we need to do. Oh, okay, okay. Are you, like, reaching out to younger people? Are you? And went back to the pastor. Okay, I got good answers from everybody except the ladies, and we're not touching them because we're scared of them. Why are we doing the things we do? That's all I want you to ask. Are you really doing it because you want to? Or are you doing it because you have to and you're not going to enjoy it anyway? Look at verse 74. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness for us as long as we live. That's why Jesus came to the earth. He didn't come to the earth to tick off a lot of boxes, to check all the boxes. He didn't come to earth to make it so that we had to do something at holiday time. He came to free us. Jesus came into this world in order to give us a whole new perspective on life. He came so that we could learn how to spend our days not serving ourselves, but serving him. So how do we serve him? By serving others. The most important thing about Christianity is serving God. How do we serve God? By serving other people. What did Jesus say? A cup of cold water in my name. We want to do all these grand gestures. I'm going to be a missionary to the outer banks of Swaziland. All right. Well, if God calls you to that, go for it. Never called me to that. God called me to this. God called me to be faithful here. Whatever God calls you to do, do it. Why is that so hard? That's how we serve God. We serve God by serving the people around us, the people that God puts in our, in our, way, in our, in our, our way every day, the people that you bump into every day. That's your chance to serve God. But you can't do it if you're stressed out over holidays. You can't do it if your concept is all about yourself. We need to be generous. Generous with our time, with our blessings. 
Proverbs 11.25 says, The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Here's an idea. If you're stressed about the things going on in your life, try serving other people. Because once you start serving other people, you realize that you're really not that important after all. Instead of filling your schedule with activities that please only you, look for ways to do things that serve others. And take joy in the fact that you're doing something to benefit someone else. Rethink your celebrations. I get amazed at the way some people celebrate Christmas. Before I retired from the sheriff's office, uh, I would get called out on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day to uh, help pick up the pieces after uh, somebody had celebrated a little too much. People that died out at Glamis because alcohol and stupidity is a bad combination. And then when you throw in high-powered vehicles, it gets even worse. Two people at a Christmas Eve party that uh, start talking smack to each other because, you know, that's what you do at Christmas time. And uh, one of them stabs or shoots the other one, and I get to get out of my bed on Christmas Eve and drive over because one idiot stabbed and shot another idiot. We judge how good a Christmas party is or how good a Christmas is by the gifts we get. We judge our companions by how they do for us. It's all about us. Even Christians make, sometimes make the mistake of putting too much emphasis on the externals of the holiday. Spending time with family, eating a big meal, unwrapping presents. There's nothing wrong with these things. But there's a lot more to celebrate at Christmas. And if that's all your Christmas day is, you are missing the boat. In addition to the family celebrations and parties you attend this holiday season, let's not forget to celebrate Jesus. Without him, our lives would be nothing. Without him, the world would be in total chaos. You think the world's bad now? Imagine if there was no Jesus. Wow. Dogs and cats living together. Hysteria. Real end of the world stuff. Look, there are people who come to the church once a year on Christmas. Or they'll come on Easter. I've called them creasters. I wish they'd come every day of the year or every Sunday, you know, but I'll take them when I get them. So there's a lot of pressure on us as pastors that when they get here for Christmas or Easter, the pressure on us is to make sure that our hearts are delivering the message God wants them to hear. You get them in the doors, our job is to make sure they get fed. Our job is to make sure that they hear something that makes that God is able to work in their lives with. It's a huge burden. I love it. You know, Jesus is the reason for the season. But we get caught up in thinking that we're the reason for the season. That what matters to mo- most to us is what matters most to everyone else. And that's not the case. What matters most to everyone else is how we show them Jesus. Luke 168, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we will be safe from our enemies and from all who hate us. It's our job 
to remember why we're doing what we're doing. It's our job to celebrate correctly. And here's the thing. We can do it. We just need to quit celebrating the way the world says to celebrate. Look, have Christmas parties. Have fun. Go, enjoy yourself. Just remember why you're doing it. When you start getting stressed about having to go somewhere, eh, maybe you need to rethink your schedule. The verse I mentioned earlier, Paul said we're transformed by the renewing of Romans. Paul said we're, we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. And he's saying, change your thoughts and you can change your life. Right? Here's what I want to say. Change your thoughts, you can change your Christmas. You don't have to be on edge this season. You don't have to have the blues this season. You don't have to go nuts. You just have to celebrate Jesus. You just have to remember that Jesus really is the reason for the season. Look, we get that so kind of, it's, it's more than a bumper sticker. Jesus is the reason for this season. All right. And if you got that in your car, God bless you. I was going to be really mean then. I just said not to. And the spirit of the season, we said not to. Look, we've got a reason to celebrate. We've got a reason to be thankful. And it's got nothing to do with gifts. It's got nothing to do with turkey. And Lord knows it's got nothing to do with cranberry sauce. It's got everything to do with Jesus. It's got everything to do with the life that he has given us, the eternal life he's offered us, and the peace that he can give us and give our families. If we concentrate on this on that this year, we'll have a great holiday. Whether you get the gift you wanted or not. Whether the turkey comes out dry or not. Even if your uncle comes and goes on a Trump tirade, you'll survive it. Because it's not about that. It's all about Jesus. Let's pray. God, thanks. Lord, I love you. And there's so much to celebrate this year, so much to be thankful for, so much to to just rejoice about. But God, we can't do that if we're stressed. We can't do that if we're caught up in the way the world celebrates Christmas. God, I I, I repent of, of taking you out of my Christmas celebrations. And Lord, more than anything, I want you to be there, front and center for every celebration that I have, because you truly are the reason to celebrate Christmas. Thanks for that. With your head's bowed and your eyes closed. I just want to challenge you. Look, we're about to get into the real heavy part of the Christmas season. Now would be the time to do the things we talked about. And if you didn't get any of the points, um, today or tomorrow, the PowerPoint will be on the website so you can download the PDF and you can go over them, the scriptures and everything. Because you may need to look at this a second third time this year as as the schedule gets crazy and as the things go on. The good news is that you can do it. The good news is that God can do these things in you. I just want to challenge you right now, right now in your heart. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or anything else, but right now I'm going to ask you, will you purpose in your heart to let 
Jesus be the reason for your season? Purpose in your heart that you're not going to be harsh to the Starbucks cashier. You're, not gonna, you're just going to show God's love, even if you don't agree. Because that's how we win people to Jesus. And to me, that is truly celebrating Jesus. God, thanks. I pray you'll work in our hearts, Father, that every one of us will be the witness for you that we want to be, that we should be. God, that we must be. Thanks, Father. Work in us now. Do something great in each one of us, Father. Thanks for your love. Thanks for your grace. Thanks for caring about us. And Lord, you, you care for those, those happy holidays people. You care for the people that totally deny you this year. You still love them. You still care about them, and so should we, God. I pray that we, as we come into contact with people who need you, that we will be filled with compassion and filled with love, not judgment, not stress, not all the other stuff we do. God, fill us with your love. Thanks, Father. Thanks. Bless us now, God. We ask it in your name. Amen. Love you guys. This is the time, right? You can do this. All right. Love you. Let's sing. You've been listening to a presentation of Remnant. For more information, visit us online at remnantchurchiv.com. You built a mighty fortress till